Hello everyone, welcome back to the Vanity Pod. I'm your host, Maria Ahmed, and today I'm here with a really interesting discussion. The topic I want to discuss today is colorism within the South Asian community. And I just think that it's such an important conversation to have because the color of people's skin still impacts their life on a day-to-day basis. And that's across all communities. But today I want to focus more on the perceptions and impact of the color of your skin within the South Asian community, and especially if you're female. My guest today is my very good friend, Madhya, and I'm so excited to have her on. Welcome to the Vanity Pod, Madhya. Thank you so much for having me. So I should probably begin by introducing myself. My name is Madhya Hussain, but some of you guys might know me as Madhya Blob on Instagram. I really hate saying my Instagram name out loud. I'm so embarrassed. I need to change it. But for the context of this discussion, I'm a Scottish Pakistani. So my parents are from Pakistan, but I was born and raised in Scotland. And I'm just really glad to be a part of this particular discussion because it's something I feel really strongly about. And I just think I have quite a lot to say. I'm so happy to have you on and I'm also really glad that you have a lot to say because I feel like this is one of those conversations that people are not comfortable with and the reason behind me creating a podcast in the first place as I mentioned in my intro episode was to create conversations that people don't necessarily want to have but conversations that are important to have. I feel that people don't like to admit how much of a problem colorism still is in our community and that is why it's even more important to have more discussions like this as it could mean the beginning of the end of such a ridiculous mentality. We can all agree that there is a a, a kind of certain or ideal beauty image that is portrayed as more desirable and that would be light hair, light eyes, light skin, so almost like this Eurocentric image is deemed as more beautiful Mm -hmm. and although barriers are slowly being broken we can all agree that it's, it's still pretty much a huge problem. So as I said I want this discussion to be more focused on the implications of skin color within the South Asian community and I want to start by giving a definition of colorism for those who may not be familiar with the term Colorism is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with darker skin tones and it's typically amongst people of the same ethnic or racial group. So one thing I'm sure that you know Madhya you can agree with and even the listeners can agree with is that a colour complex is created from a young age in our community. 100%. So we have you know you have household names so the colour black the word for that in in Urdu or Punjabi or whatever would be Gala. And, you know, there's these household nicknames that have kind of came around. So if it's a girl that's darker skin tone, she might be called Gali. If If it's a boy, he would be called Gala. And these nicknames are eventually turned into some sort of banter where it's just nonchalant and they'll just kind of, you know, use these nicknames very freely. And it's quite shocking because if you think about where these nicknames the, the level of discrimination that these nicknames have stemmed from and how normal it's yeah. almost became to everybody uh, or to the people you know that use these nicknames. Another thing you have is parents or relatives comparing skin tones. So if that's whether that's parents comparing the skin tone of two children or you know if it's other siblings saying to another sibling that you know the sibling's darker or lighter 
or yeah. you know, it could be it could be other relatives, cousins, aunties, grannies, uh, comparing yeah. skin tones, and that, from what I can imagine, would have such a detrimental effect on somebody's um, mental health, or and you know, it creates such a massive insecurity from a yeah, young age. Sure. And this kind of takes me on to the effects that this would have on one's mental health. And then further to that, we all know how less acknowledged mental health is within our community. So not only are we creating mental health problems or insecurities, we're also not allowing those to be acknowledged further. Um, but that's obviously, that's a completely different topic. Uh, but I just thought it's important to kind of touch on that as well. And one thing that I think that's really, really sad is a lot of girls feel that their marriage prospects are limited when if, it, if they're darker skinned. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've personally seen, um, you know, you get these online proposal websites or, you know, you have these WhatsApp yeah. groups and there's always like one auntie that's like the head, the chairman of this group. And um, yeah. I've actually read a few kind of descriptions that have stated that they want a fair skinned girl. And it's like, the thing is, what frustrates me is these women that are requesting um, fair-skinned girls or a, a certain type of girl for their son, their own son probably has a face that only a mother could love. And that's not anything to do with skin, because that's just in a general sense. What else is shocking is that they also feel that they can they can dictate what pretty is or what beautiful is. Yeah. But I guess that wasn't them. That was done generations before. But it's it's quite funny that you know the boy can look like anything as long as yeah. the mom feel you know the mom feels entitled or the boy himself or his siblings or his relatives feel entitled to give their opinion of what they think is is good looking and you know i watched a, a really really sad video on instagram this was only a couple of days ago i don't know whose page it was on it just kind of came up on my explore page and i just happened to click into it and it was a little girl and i don't know what age this little girl was but she looked around between the age of six and nine she might have been older than that she might have been younger than that but she um was a darker skinned little girl and she was with somebody who i'm assuming was either her mom her aunt or her big sister and she was saying that she was talking about her sister and she was saying oh my sister's so beautiful she's going to get married and blah 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 and then the the lady recording said to her on when you when are you going to get married and she said mm -hmm. no i won't get married because i'm dark skinned That's and so the lady said to her like what do you mean and she went i'm i'm ugly like she actually said i'm ugly because i'm dark skinned and it really broke my heart and this woman went on to say to her look i'm dark skinned as well and that doesn't make us ugly like we are yeah. beautiful in our own way and it's just oh, it was just really heartbreaking that you know a child is saying, not a grown yeah. person who's kind of you know through years of life kind of developed these yeah. insecurities which is still not okay but this is a child who shouldn't even be thinking about yeah. these things and she's already got it ingrained in her head yeah. that she's not good looking and she's not beautiful and she's not probably not going to get married because of yeah. her skin color and it's like who's doing this are you getting this from a parent are you getting this from I'm assuming it's people around her because she's a yeah. child. She's not going to be picking it up from society because I doubt she spends much time in society other than her own family. Um, no, exactly, exactly. And I think it's obviously racism is a whole other issue. But, you know, like I always say that 
racism isn't something that you're born with it's something that's taught you pick it up from people around you like those who are closest to you and it's the same thing with this children don't know the difference between skin tones it's not something they would even children are children they don't care about those things but because they hear it from people like around them and I think with like with colorism um, I think especially within, I can only speak for the Pakistani community, but you know, probably the wider South Asian community. I think it starts from like the minute you're born, like what's the first thing people say when they see like a newborn baby, for example, oh, look how gora chitta, how gori chitti, as in wow, look how fair skinned. That's how deep rooted it is for us as a community, that that's the very first thing that people will comment on, it's skin tone. And it's that ingrained in our culture that I think a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it. Of course, not everyone does it, but I've heard a lot of people who don't even necessarily have any kind of biases related to skin color, or they'll have darker skin themselves and still they'll say it. And I feel like the only way it's going to change is if people speak about it and correct people, like, no, that's not okay. You can compliment a baby or anyone without referring to the color of their skin. Like a couple of times I've actually done that where I've heard it's usually someone older, but not always I've heard somebody say, oh, like the baby's so cute, so goody jitty, whatever. And I've said, why can you not just say the baby's so cute? Why are you even referring to skin color? Um, and obviously if you say it in a polite enough way, I feel like people will be a bit receptive to it. Like, Sometimes, you know, like if I've said that, they didn't, they kind of stopped to think like, oh, oh, okay, like, oh, okay. Like, you know, they're just so used to saying it that yeah. it's only when you point it out, they're like, oh, okay. Like maybe I'm kind of also saying something that is contributing to this like issue. Yeah, of course. And I wanted to ask you of any sort of maybe personal experiences you've had or anything you've maybe witnessed around this kind of whole idea. Uh -huh. So I would refer to myself for anybody who maybe doesn't know what I look like, I would refer to myself as having a slightly darker complexion. And I don't even like saying oh, light skinned or medium skinned or dark skinned. I don't like referring to people in terms of their skin tone. You know, you're just a person like it doesn't matter what your skin tone is. But obviously, for the context of this discussion, I have to say that. Um, so like in terms of personal experience, I wouldn't say that growing up I had the worst experience with colorism. Like I've heard far more shocking stories and I wouldn't want to try and take away from anyone whose life's been way more impacted by it, but this is just my personal experience. Um, so when we were younger, my sister Samira was a lot fairer skinned than me. Now because she lives in a hot country, she's a lot more tanned and I think the difference isn't that apparent. But as kids, she was like the firstborn and was super fair, rosy cheeks, then along came me, like golly me, and it was like, oh, she's a bit different looking. And it didn't help that Samira was like a really cute kid in general anyway. And I was a bit meh, whatever, and people would always kind of people would always kind of comment on it even as we got a little bit older like obviously when they said it as a baby like I wasn't there but even as we got a little bit older like oh Smira's so fair-skinned and you know Madea's a bit family like a little bit has a duskier complexion but it was always said with a bit of pity like it was a drawback or like I was lacking in something because I was a little darker skinned and it was always extended family members like relatives it was never ever my parents like and I think that's why it hasn't really stuck with me or had any kind of lasting impact. I feel like if I had heard it from my parents, it would have bothered me a lot more. You know, anything that you hear from your parents or like the people you're closest to, to you, to, it gets to you a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I was the moody middle child, but still I was the favorite. So for me, it was fine. No, my parents never commented um, on my skin tone. But I just think, you know, even for the other people who said it, I think, why would you even comment on skin tone? Like, why would you try and plant that seed in a child's mind and create that complex, that insecurity? There's just no need for it. And you know, I've seen so many different actresses. And another thing is maybe we should speak about people closer to home. So, you know, you have these Pakistani dramas and 
tell me, have you ever seen a dark-skinned Pakistani actress in a drama? Like, I've never seen a dark-skinned actress in a Pakistani drama. They all almost have this look. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but they all have this, like, completely even fair skin. So there's, like, you know, washed-out skin complexion with, like, really rosy cheeks and very, very pink, pink lips. And I know that's probably just the makeup, but it's, like, the problem here is why is that the only look that we have and because of that there was an article that I read on a salon owner in Pakistan in Islamabad and she was saying that she 80% or 60% I can't remember the number now of her Mm -hmm. clientele on a daily basis come in for some sort of skin bleaching product a skin bleaching treatment and most of the time they're referring to some actress they've seen in a drama or whatnot and it's like why are you not using like Pakistan doesn't have a lack of darker skin models or actresses or girls why is it always the same face the same color that we are seeing exactly and this, this is the thing right I think obviously it's not necessarily that these mainstream Pakistani drama actresses they might just naturally be fair but I think the issue is that and as you said like the majority of the mainstream actresses they all do have fair skin maybe there's a couple who have duskier complexions but I think the issue is that only having these girls on TV, it's not reflective of Pakistani society as a whole. Like, where's the representation for the darker skinned girls, you know? And some people might argue, but oh, you need talent. So you're telling me that it's a coincidence that all the talented girls in Pakistan just happen to have fair skin. You know, it's almost like a prerequisite. If you want to be a drama actress, you want to get on TV, you have to have fair skin. And then some talent too, of course. But I just think it can be so dangerous because everybody in Pakistan watches these dramas. We don't even live in Pakistan and we watch them. And this is all young girls are seeing this whole thing that you said, fair skin, rosy cheeks. This is the image. This is the only image they're constantly being bombarded with. And of course, it's going to have you know, an impact. Of course, girls are going to aspire to that and want to become that if they don't have it. Another thing that, that the salon owner mentioned in this article was that a lot of these girls or women are coming in and they, they're saying that they want their skin bleached because they want that look that actresses have in the drama where they're not wearing any makeup and they look so stunning because they have this fair skin. And it's like, but you know, those what? actresses probably don't even look like that. Obviously, when they shoot these shows, they do add filters even to the videos and everybody has flawless, like, airbrushed skin. That's not real life. For me, it's like, as a director, as a producer, as a cast person who's, you know, hiring these people, surely you have a door, surely you have nieces, surely you have young girls in your family. What yeah. are you doing? You know, what are you trying to do to the younger generation? Um, as well as the older generation, because see here in the UK or in the West, we have an advantage as the new generation where we can actually break these barriers. But in Pakistan or you know these countries over there, they from a, a young age are more exposed to the stigma than we are. And they are not able to break it as as powerfully or as freely as we probably are able to so I feel like the responsibility lies more within the adults and the people who are in charge and who are pushing you know these adverts and pushing these you know fair skin models and actresses and people in positions of power you know like just people who have that kind of power to impact what people see like on tv like whether it's the people making the adverts or the people making these tv shows they have that power you know yeah exactly another thing that i wanted to touch on was the over what's the word i'm looking for 
use over no it's like over promotion of light skin within bollywood songs and you know you hear all these songs like you have chutina galaya you have yes oh my god yes it's such a good point that really old one that god okay no no but see what's chutina galaya right Okay, that's now. That song is so recent. In the 90s, they had that song, Gori Hekalanga. And now, almost two decades later, they're still singing about white wrists. What is this creepy obsession with white wrists? Well, Chitty Hekalanga was so recent, right? No, exactly. Was it 2015 it came out? Yeah, so recent. Um, And it's like, I'm not saying that the songs back in the 1990s were acceptable, but okay, we can put that down to ignorance. Times have moved on so much yeah. since then. Everybody's moved on so much as a society since then. Why are we South Asians still stuck? You know, why are we, you know, still sticking ourselves in this backward kind of box and refusing to get out of it? It's just this weird obsession with fair skin that you're now singing about it as well like you know yeah. having fair skin and I'm sure it was yourself about, that told me about that Pakistani song that was made <laughs> by India yes. by Bollywood yes. and then they changed yes, yes. the lyrics so, so it was that song by Junaid Jamshed like Sam Lee Saloni it was like Sam Lee Saloni see Mary Mahoba or whatever right and I loved that song growing up because it was like the only song that spoke to me like a song that speaks about pretty brown skin and then Bollywood copied it, but they changed the lyrics to Samli. Like Samli obviously means like, like a duskier complexion, like a darker skin tone. So Bollywood copied it, but they changed the lyrics to Samli Saloni, like Teri Jilti Anke. So instead of brown skin, they were talking about brown eyes. And it was just like, man, like you couldn't just let the brown girls have this one moment, this one song. I mean, unless they changed it for copyright reasons, I guess that could also be a thing. But it was just one of those things that always kind of stuck with me. Yeah, I guess, I mean, to your point about copyright reasons, I'm sure they could have changed the words in other ways rather than changing the whole kind of, I, the whole concept yeah. behind the song, which is talking like about... She can't have nice brown skin, it's brown eyes. It's just, it's yeah, so exactly. Um, and you know, you also have um, dramas. Now, I don't know if you'd remember on Star Plus, there was a drama called Bidai. It was about... Yes, 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 and yes. you know what? One sister was so fair and she was like pretty and she had all these marriage proposals. And then the other sister who, the actress was not dark because you could very clearly see that they'd used brown, like it was brown face. They had yes. made her darker with makeup. She looked so ridiculous. And this girl, like her mom was giving her like these skin whitening creams and she didn't, you know, whenever a rishta would come, it wouldn't be for her. It would always be for her sister. Yes. Um, and you know, in the end, what happened was the, the darker skinned sister got married to like this fair skinned guy and the light skinned girl got married too. And in the end, you know, the darker skinned girl's husband actually fell in love with her. But what bothered me about that was that they made it, they portrayed it as in like, oh, wow, look, he fell in love with her, even though she's yeah, dark skinned. As if he was, as if he was doing her a favor, right? Yeah. Or um, as if she had some sort of problem like as if there was something wrong with her and oh look he still yeah, fell in love with her it's almost like you have to justify like brownness like I have like a more recent example so there's this Pakistani youtuber he's called them or something and um, they call him Moru um I don't know too much about him and what kind of content he posts but you know just one of those faces that pops up here and there and he got married last year and his photos were all over Instagram and you know when you see like wedding photos on the explore page you don't even have to know who the person is it's just like oh man cute he got married so he gets married to a girl, like his fiance, presumably the woman he loves. 
And under every single photo of his wedding or their wedding, like on various different pages, all the comments were about this girl's complexion. Like I wouldn't have even noticed, you know, she was maybe a few shades darker than him, but all the comments were like, oh my God, why did he marry her? She's so dark. And these are other Pakistanis, you know, like it's, it's just, it's so insane. But then equally on the other end of the spectrum, you had people who probably meant well and thought they were defending this girl in some sort of way. They were like, oh, good on him for marrying her and, you know, setting an example, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think either of those things are right because then you're almost saying that, as you said, like with the example of Bidai, like he's doing it a favor by marrying her. I'm sure, or I would hope that it was a mutual decision, right? Like nobody gets married to someone to make some kind of social statement. Like he wasn't doing some kind of Samaj Seva. The craziest thing is that this guy had to then release a statement saying, I did not marry my wife to break any kind of stereotype in this country. I married her because I love her. And you know, that's so rubbish that he even had to make that statement. Like the craziest thing is that this didn't happen 10 or 20 years ago. It happened last year literally last year you know i hear and read these things and i think where did we go wrong like you know at what yeah. point did we go wrong or where are we going wrong that this is still a thing or why you know okay why was it ever a thing but okay you can put yeah but it, you know you can put it like i said down to ignorance in the past we have moved on so much as a society why are we still doing this to ourselves And I just think, see, the saddest thing is that for Pakistani Muslims like us who are living in the West, we're already up against so much. Like, so first of all, we're Muslims and we have to deal with Islamophobia. So my parents are Pakistani immigrants to this country, you know, like, or maybe your parents are as well, but we're Scottish. So growing up, it's not always the easiest getting that balance, right? Like how Pakistani should we be? How Scottish should we be? Then there's racism. You know, we might have different individual skin tones, but as a collective, we're still Pakistani. We have brown skin. But then on top of that, we have discrimination, like, you know, that's coming from the outside, like racism. But then on top of that, we have like discrimination within our own race, within our own community, where some skin tones are considered superior to others. And it's just, you know, with colorism, it's just too much. Like, just give us a break. I was going to say, like, where do we, where do we catch a break? At what point? Yeah. Even going back to talking about the skin lightening adverts, as as a girl, you know, seeing that advert, number one, you're getting it in your house from your parents, your siblings, your relatives. Then you go to watch TV to chill out and you're seeing it on TV. You know, it's like, where do we catch a break? Where does, as a, as a woman, where do you, where do you get to just relax and be yourself and just be, you know, happy? Exactly. Um, exactly. Another thing I guess we can agree is that the, the issue with people promoting colorism or promoting the stigma doesn't just stop at the entertainment industry in Pakistan and India. We, you know, there's very clearly, or at least there used to be very clearly an overusage of light skin models in Indian and Pakistan and the Indian and Pakistan fashion industry. And only recently in recent years, Sabia Sashi, who's obviously a massive, massive Indian designer, he started using darker skin models, which kind of, set this initiative that you know he was almost breaking stereotypes and breaking Mm -hmm. barriers which is obviously such a huge thing but for me it's like why you know I used to always see these designers using like Caucasian models and it's like but we have like some of the most stunning girls in our race and our country like why are you not using your own stunning lady like why are you picking girls up from different countries who 
don't look anything like the fashion you're trying to promote you're promoting pakistani fashion or indian fashion but you're putting on a caucasian model like how does that make any sense so one thing that i do want to put out there is the role that social media has played when it comes to colorism and i think that social media has had a very positive effect on the negative stigma of darker skin a lot of people especially women have received opportunities in the modeling world or you know other industries when that would not have been possible in the past it's also allowed people from all over the world to connect and be able to see that there are so many different shades and kinds of people out there who are all beautiful and you know social media campaigns and images are breaking stereotypes and i think that there's just been such a positive impact on colorism however with that being said you obviously still have the negative side of social media that comes into play sometimes so i would actually love to speak about my personal experience with um colorism on social media it wasn't necessarily that anybody like you know targeted me for my skin tone but i don't know if you remember this um this was quite a while back like during the snapchat days when we were both quite active there um and you'd came out with your new shade of highlighters and I think it was maybe the shade Champagne. I don't know if I'm making yes. that up. Oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> okay, maybe, I, was it Champagne or Gold it Caviar? Was, it, was, it was Gold Caviar, I think. Yeah, um, and you know, you tested it out on me, this new shade of highlighter. And I was really, really excited because I felt like it would suit my skin tone a lot more than some of your other kind of cooler shades. Like it was a warm sort of golden shade. And you swatched it on me and you posted on your story saying, something like, oh, this is a lot more suited to darker skin tones. And then all of a sudden, even though you'd posted it on your story, all of a sudden on my account, I was bombarded with messages from people saying, oh my God, I can't believe she said that about you. She's supposed to be your friend. Like, how can she say that about you? And I was so taken aback, like, oh God, what's this bitch said about me? Like, did I miss, <laughs> did I miss something? And then I realized, oh wow, they're taking objection to you calling me darker skinned. And I was just so horrified by that because you didn't say anything wrong. I do have a darker skin tone, especially compared to you. And for anyone to try and turn that into an insult, like I was offended by them taking offense to that, you know, but maybe it wasn't even their fault. Like maybe they've been conditioned to think that calling somebody darker skin tone is an insult when it's not. For in my case, that's you stating the obvious. I didn't take it as an insult. I was just so happy that there was a shade that went with my skin tone a lot more like it just it was such a positive thing and then it turned into this weird like yeah I actually remember so it was gold caviar that I had created more for more medium skin tone and I remember one time we were just hanging out and I put it on you and it just like it looked insane it looked so good like (laughs) it looked so good on your skin and I just put it up I was like oh my god it looks so much nicer on it looks even better on on darker skin tones and you weren't the only one I got it as well like how can you say that about your friend that's not a very nice way to refer to your friend so I'm thinking have I said something (laughs) and you know I didn't even know how to respond to that because I'm like I I just don't think we said anything at all because it was just such a weird thing we were like okay people can think what they like so now that you've brought it up I actually it just reminded me of a, a particular kind of experience that I've had with you know the issue of skin tone on social media and as you guys know, like I am a beauty influencer, beauty and lifestyle influencer. And, you know, 
I used to upload a lot of makeup photos, makeup looks, and I would give like a breakdown of the products I'm using. Or, you know, if people ask me for reviews of different foundations or whatever it is, I put it up with the shades. And I remember, I actually still get it sometimes here and there, but it was more so before when I first started putting up breakdowns of products that I use. And people, but actually real accounts, like real girls messaging me saying, you know, I, I'm the color Fiji and, and the NARS foundation. And they're like, you couldn't possibly be Fiji. I know because you like, have, hon, you're using a shade that's too light for you. Yeah. Like, oh, you're using, you know, too light of a shade. And that's not why are you saying that's your shade when it's not almost as if they were saying it as if it was too good to be true that I was like almost as if our worth is determined by what Mac NCNW number we are that's what this it is that and it's like, you know but for me it bothered me because they were trying to say I was lying because yeah. it's too good to be true in a way and I'm like I'm I was so confused because I'm like no that is that is my if anything sometimes you wear a darker foundation this isn't going to settle well with the same people, but Fiji's a little bit dark for me. Like, you know, when I when it oxidizes, it, it gets too dark for me, as foundation does. Did somebody not, am I making this up? Did somebody not once swatch your, your foundation shade on their own hand to show that it was Yeah, like, so they swatched, um, <laughs> they put a swatch of Fiji on their arm, took a picture of it and put it up and said that, well, she's not that much lighter than I am and look how light Fiji is in my skin tone. And it, it was just, I guess that's my kind of experience that I've had with people being weird or Asians being weird about skin tone. This is the thing, right? We can blame it on parents, we can blame it on other people, but ultimately we're all adults, you know, we're all able to think for ourselves. And we, like I said, we have the power to break this weird, really, really weird stigma and stereotype that's been created. Yeah. I almost feel like we've, our, you know, we talked about where this stemmed from. And obviously stemmed from like post-colonial times and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they almost had a reason to think the way they did. And it's like, I feel like with time, we have exaggerated it and made it worse. And I don't yes. understand why or how. Um, this mentality should have stopped when the British Raj left India or whatever, like whatever, when, once they were out, like that, that mentality should have gotten with them. But unfortunately... Yeah. It stuck around for a really long time because here we are so many decades later and it's, it's still an issue. We're in 2020 and you and I are sitting here discussing this. Yeah, exactly. And I want to talk, you know, we've spoken about, we've spoken about all the kind of the problems with the stigma and all the things that people are doing that are, I guess, promoting the stigma. But what I want to talk about is what are people doing to fight colorism? And I done some research on some different campaigns that people have launched in order to fight the stigma. And um, there's an actress, Nandita Das, who was always addressed by her skin tone. So she was saying how in articles and stuff, they would say dusky skinned Nandita. Yeah. Um, and she was always offered different roles in films, but whenever she was offered to play a role of a middle class like an upper middle class lady she would also be asked to lighten her skin so she yeah. got fed up of the whole thing and she launched a campaign called india's got color um and basically it addresses the deep-rooted color bias in india and they also launched a video campaign that you know it included lots of different girls all different shades and you know different shades of beautiful brown and it was the video was translated into various different languages so it was then available in 
various different countries and yeah. I think it was such a good step for somebody obviously she's an actress so she is in a position of power and influence and uh-huh. for her to take that step and just what you've said there of like Nandita Das obviously she's an actress there's also another actress that I feel like I should mention um an Indian actress her name's Radhika Afti and she does have like a um a duskier skin tone a, like a darker complexion and she is I don't I feel like you might not know her name but you'll know her face in every single Indian Netflix show like every single show she's in it she's like the lead actress and it's almost became a running joke that Radhika Abde is like in every single Netflix series mm-hmm. or movie or whatever um, and the thing is she's actually spoken about how she you know wasn't maybe considered like the conventional look for, a, for like a mainstream lead actress in, in Bollywood movies but you know because of Netflix now she's been given this platform and you know she's like a good actress and you know how she looks or the color of her skin tones irrelevant and you know because through Netflix she's now got this platform to not only reach India but reach all over the world and I, I love that that maybe she wouldn't have been given that opportunity in Bollywood. Yeah so this is the point isn't it is people in power using their platform or their influence for something good rather than trying to push a narrative that's so toxic and you know this brings me to another campaign called Unfair and Lovely which was launched by 21-year-old photographer Pax Jones and obviously Unfair and Lovely is a play in words for Fair and Lovely which is a very very well-known skin lightening brand and Pax Jones collaborated with a few other people and they launched a creative campaign featuring two sisters who show that you can be dark and beautiful and the campaign basically features these two sisters looking really fierce I don't know if you've seen it but they look so confident And just very, very unapologetic. And I think the idea is to change the narrative that darker skinned girls should be insecure or have to be insecure about anything. And I just I just love it so much that again this ties in with the impact of social media because these campaigns go viral on social media. And you know, it's just yeah, it's it's just so nice to see. Not that it's something that even should have to be addressed or shown, but it's nice to see that people are trying to take an active approach and trying to you know get rid of this stigma and as I said I think that we do have as the new generation as you know with social media and everything else available to us we do have the power to break the stereotype that's been created. I was just going to say even with this podcast like it's through social media right you're going to post it on your social media accounts and hopefully that's how it's going to reach a lot of people and I think you know that that's what it is right like you have this platform and you want to use it for something something good and have these discussions that really need to be had. So just to kind of summarize um, the discussion and I just think it's that ingrained that I don't even think people necessarily mean it in a malicious way because I've had comments from people that I know they don't have a bad bone in their body and they don't care whether somebody's dark skinned or light skinned, but I've still heard them make comments like that. So for example, one of my cousins, um, she came for my birthday party from England. This was a good few years ago. I was like a teenager and I hadn't seen her in a few years and she hadn't seen me. And I honestly don't think she meant it in a malicious way at all because she's just not that kind of person. She was like, oh, you've changed so much. You're so pretty now. When you were younger, you were so much darker. Now you're just so pretty. And when I say it out loud, even now, it does sound really horrible, but I know she didn't mean it in a nasty way, but that comment did really upset me because obviously I never said it to her because I know she didn't mean it like that. But for me, it was just like, wait, why can't I, why can't I be 
dark-skinned and pretty why couldn't you have just said that I look pretty now and I think that's one thing for sure I've noticed that if you have a darker skin tone in the Pakistani community or even wider South Asian community if people are complimenting you it's never that you're pretty because of your skin tone it's always that you're pretty in spite of it it's like oh she's Samli she has a darker complexion but she's still so pretty and I think that's what's so unfortunate because I went to a school where I was one of just two or three non-white kids and no one ever, ever made a derogatory comment about my skin. It was always like, oh my God, we love your skin tone. We're so jealous. You don't have to tan. And I feel like, and maybe that's why I've never let these comments get to me because all of my friends, everybody in school, they were always so complimentary. And obviously like, you know, you're going to listen to what your friends say. Like, I'm not going to listen to what like interviewing Rish Siddhar have to say, right? But I just think it's a shame that that these kinds of comments about skin color come from within your own community. Like, you know, when you get it from like the outside, like if it's somebody makes a racist comment, it's still obviously that hurts, you know, just as much, but then you still like, it's like, okay, it's coming from the outside. Whereas if you hear it from people who just like you, like why there should be that kinship there, right? They're the ones who should be elevating you the most, but it doesn't always happen, unfortunately. Yeah. So as the, the definition kind of says is usually within people of the same ethnic or racial group. And I think I can't speak for any other um, community as such. I can only speak for the Pakistani community. And what I feel is very apparent in our community is this kind of inferiority complex that we have. It's like we love to hate ourselves and I don't know yeah. why. Um, and it's really, really unfortunate because honestly man Pakistani girls are some of the most beautiful girls around I've seen so many especially obviously on Instagram and stuff you're able to see so many different people from different places and I've just seen the most stunning people and you know I'm from the north of Pakistan I haven't really visited other places in Pakistan Um, but where I'm from like some of the the girls there I say all the time these supermodels couldn't compare like they're so beautiful and they don't (laughs) even know that they're beautiful What I wanted to find out was where did this whole concept or idea start from? I was just really intrigued. So I done I done some research and I found some really interesting articles. And one of the articles stated that scriptures and poems found from ancient India, and I'm assuming that's when India and Pakistan were one. Um, in those scriptures and poems, they were talking about dark skin and relating it to a, a, a sign of beauty. So that kind of shows that there was a point in time where our ancestors didn't look at fair skin as an aspirational physical trait to have. And I read that after the the British invasion, it sort of created this social hierarchy, which makes sense, uh, where they see, you know, these these white folk or these gory in, in charge. And it kind of created this idea that, white or light skin equals power and then obviously after that through generations of social conditioning somehow light skin began to equal beauty Um, Mm -hmm. another article that I read talked about how back in the day wealthier people were able to stay indoors during the heat when the summer was really really hot (laughs) and so they did not tan as much naturally whereas obviously the working class folk who didn't really have that choice of staying indoor all day, they had to go out and, you know, plow the fields or whatever it was that they'd done in mm-hmm. the scorching sun. 
they obviously tanned a lot more. And what this done was this added to the already existing caste system where then working class or poorer people were darker skinned, obviously because they were out in the sun. So that's just basic science. And the wealthier and more aspirational people were light skinned because they had the luxury of being able to stay in their houses during you know the summer days or when they went yeah. out they would cover their faces with whatever and this kind of yeah. created or, or, or added to this system of um well you're dark so you must be poor because you've obviously been out working yeah. all day whereas that yeah. person's fair so clearly they're richer because they've had the choice to stay indoors and it's I mean now you know obviously saying it out loud and reading up on these things it makes so much sense but it also just makes it even more unfortunate because it just stemmed from something that was that was not a thing like it wasn't you know as I'm saying it's just basic science if yeah. you're in the sun all day you're gonna tan I mean I think for sure one of the lasting influences the British left on India and just the subcontinent in general is this idea of colorism and I think you know what they've colonized you for so long for so many years already they did it for so long don't let them colonize your minds for any longer like break away from that i think the saddest part is that it's not like we are our community is being forced to think like this anymore but i think that if this is still an issue now which it is it's our own fault it's not anybody else's fault because we have the power to break it we have the ability to break it I think it's, it is definitely a generational thing. Like the reason that I think some people still do it even now is because it's all they know. Like they heard from their parents, like their parents made comments like this, who heard it from their parents and so on. But I just, I would hope that our generation is going to be the one to break that cycle and say, no, this is wrong. This is not okay. Because as you said, we don't really have an excuse now. We know this is not okay. We know the color of your skin doesn't have any impact on how beautiful you are, how nice a person you are or your self-worth. It has no impact at all yeah and you know it kind of brings me to the next point that's you know how how normal has colorism become and do we unintentionally take part so my very good friend had uh, a baby at the beginning of this year and you know mashallah it's such such a beautiful beautiful child and time and time again I find myself complimenting her eye color and I know obviously with eye color it's a little bit different than skin color but it kind of takes me back to my initial point where it's so ingrained in us to find light eyes light hair light skin fascinating that we don't even realize Mm -hmm. so for me like whenever I see her child I'm just dying I'm like oh my god look she's got like these sparkling blue eyes and it's just so stunning and then you know I kind of sit back and think well would I say or why would I not say the same thing if her eyes were brown um yeah you have to kind of you know ask yourself that question as well like how are how are we unintentionally taking part and and, you know back to our generation being the ones to break it you'll be quite surprised and I was quite shocked um not necessarily to do with this topic but I've noticed um a lot of people our age for reference, guys, I'm turning 27 tomorrow, and um, Madia I am is, 27. Madia is 27, <laughs> and there are people our age and maybe even a little bit younger than us who still have they, they picked up very backward traits from their parents and the people around them. And and the thing is, as we say, this is very much a generational thing. A lot of things in our community 
are very much a generational thing. You know, you, you might notice it in your parents or your aunties and relatives. I know I definitely notice it in, in my and in, in the people around me sometimes. But it's up to me as a person to try to break the the kind of stereotypes or break that generational barrier that's kind yeah. of been created. And you know, and that, that's not necessarily just about this topic. That that can be about anything because our community has yeah. a lot of flaws um, that you know I feel should be and have to be addressed. Um, yeah. But like I said, it's one of those things where we have to sit back and think: How are we taking part in this? I think with eyes, it's maybe a little bit different. So don't beat yourself up too much about it. Like I feel with Pakistanis, blue eyes are quite rare, right? So I'm sure people would have the exact same "oh wow" reaction, even if you had darker skin and blue eyes. Whereas with skin tone, you have all different shades of Pakistanis. Like, I don't necessarily think that a fair-skinned Pakistani is that rare, that you need to make such a big song and dance about it. Um, and obviously, the biggest difference is that you can't discriminate against someone based on their eye colour. So a brown-eyed person isn't going to get treated badly for having brown eyes, right? Whereas people do get discriminated against for having brown skin. So I think maybe that's the difference. So what I want to go on to talk about next is kind of like one of the main parts of this discussion and that is the skin bleaching industry and for those that don't know skin bleaching products are creams face washes scrubs and even injections that are created to slow the production of melanin now these products contain high levels of mercury ammonia and hydrogen peroxide and god knows what else which causes serious or can cause serious skin conditions such as skin cancer, poisoning, and just irreversible skin damage. Ironically, these products can also do the opposite of what people think they do, and they can cause grayness and darkening, darkening of the skin because essentially what ends up happening is you end up burning your skin. And we all know that. Yeah, you're skin, putting chemicals. You're putting yeah. chemicals on your skin. Exactly. And we all know how sensitive our skin is. It's such a sensitive organ of our body. And it's sad to me that people knowingly or unknowingly, I mean, a lot of people aren't aware of, you know, the harmful side effects of skin bleaching products. But there are a lot of people who are aware, but are still willing to take that risk just because they want lighter skin. And that just makes it, it just is really sad to me. Skin lightening products that are sourced out with the EU are actually banned in the UK because they contain chemicals or higher amounts of chemicals that are banned under safety regulations. So the Guardian stated that there was illegal or there has been illegal skin lightening sales in areas such as Peckham in England since the mid-90s. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were many more areas, you know, in the UK that had illegal sales of of mm -hmm. skin lightening products they also stated and this is the i think the most shocking part for me that skin lightening industry in 2017 had a net worth of 3.4 billion and the projected net worth in 2027 is 7 billion and that just shows that this isn't going to stop like this isn't going to get any less unless we actively do something about it because there's just so much more money that's going to be made, which I mean, yeah. basically means that there's going to be hundreds and thousands of other people that are going to be affected by this, whether that's physically with skin damage or skin cancer, uh -huh. or just mentally with this whole stigma of being darker skinned. 
to think that there are people profiting off you know off this is just so disgusting I guess that's the beauty industry in general right like I guess to some extent it does capitalize on women's insecurities and makes you worry about things that you weren't even necessarily concerned about to begin with so I went to South Korea a few months back and they are absolutely obsessed with skin whitening over there like even more than what I've probably seen in Pakistan and they had products to lighten areas of the body that I didn't even know existed. It was just unlike anything I've seen before. They just had the craziest, crazy skin whitening products. And I just think it's quite sad because as women, I feel like we have so many insecurities about our looks anyway. And skin color just isn't something that has to be on that list, right? Because it's not something you can control and it's not something that has to be changed. Um, and going back to what you said about the market in Peckham, that's London, right? And that's just crazy to me because even though as much as this issue of colorism and skin lightening does exist in the UK and not only in South Asian countries, but the idea that some sort of black market for these products exists in the UK, that's just so crazy to me. So I think that the point that you made about the beauty industry as a whole, kind of pinpointing on a woman's insecurity to make money is very, very true. But I think there's just such a difference in, you know, trying to, you know, selling makeup or selling hair dyeing products to selling skin bleaching products or because because skin bleaching products can cause irreversible damage it can cause no hundred percent hundred percent you know it's it's such a such a massive difference although I guess the principle is the same in that one industry right like where you're just praying on women's it's this but it's once again it comes from like you create an image of what's beautiful for women so this might not be like you know universal but within the Pakistani community the image of beauty is having lighter skin so then women will do whatever they can like whatever beauty products it might not just be skin lightening you know they might use foundation that's like lighter for them or it's just doing whatever they have to do to make themselves fit into that mold of like what beauty is I guess yeah so then you you know you you have people I'd like to think a lot of people are educated in this on the the matter especially within the UK I'd like to think people know what they're doing but you have um you know you have women in these and in, in these poorer countries or countries like Pakistan and India and Bangladesh and whatever else they're not as educated so again they're putting themselves at risks uh, they're putting themselves at risk without actually knowing what their risks are. Yeah. And another thing is that a lot of these women in these other countries can't actually afford to buy proper skin bleaching products. Not that they'd be any better than, you know, something that yeah. they're resorting to. But a lot of these women do resort to using actual bleach on their faces or their body to make them Wait, out- wait, wait. As in like toilet bleach? Yeah, like you can no. toilet bleach. I think, and from what I know in Pakistan, there's not a difference between toilet bleach and kitchen bleach. It's just bleach. You know, you're making these women or these children. You know, you're making these women so insecure about their skin from such a young age that they've gotten yeah. to a point of desperation that they're putting bleach on their face. Like when I'm using bleach in the bathroom or in the kitchen, I wear gloves because, and I always yeah. cover my nose because it's so strong. And the bleach we get here in the UK is not as strong as the bleach you're getting in Pakistan because I've smelt the bleach in Pakistan and it's some really strong stuff. Um, oh, exactly. So just what you've said there about people going to such extreme lengths um, to try and like change their skin tone just because of how people have made them feel. I actually have an example of this. So when we posted that we were going to cover this topic for the podcast, um, one of my cousins messaged me and she said, we've never ever had this discussion before. 
but she was just like oh you know when I was younger people used to say it all the time like aunties used to always say to her mom that you need to do something about this like speaking about her darker complexion as if she had some kind of disease um and you know constantly making comments and obviously as much as it doesn't matter how like strong-minded you are especially when you're younger and she was obviously like a teenager then these things will get to you it doesn't matter how much thick skin you've got it will get to you so um for a little while she started using some kind of like skin lightening cream. I don't know if it was Fair and Lovely or just one of these skin whitening creams. And obviously, as you said before, like these products have like God knows what in them and it ruined her skin, it burnt her skin and she ended up with like the worst acne. And my cousin lives in Glasgow, you know, um, and she's quite a little bit younger than me. So when she was a teenager and these comments were being made, it really wasn't that long ago. Like, you know, you might think this happened like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. This is like, this still happens. You know, this happened just a few years ago. And it's just so sad because my cousin is so beautiful. She doesn't need to do anything with her skin. So I think that, you know, all us females we have into, I mean, everybody has insecurities, right? Yeah. Whether you're male or female. I think females are just kind of programmed to feel like they have more insecurities. And, you know, for me, my insecurity growing up and still is my skin. I grew up with really bad hormonal acne. And I know how it feels to have such a major insecurity but what I I guess this is what kind of makes me a little bit more um compassionate about the whole thing is because my skin I was able to fix in the sense that I use medications I use different yeah. you know skin products that helped my acne and now I have it under control so I do feel better about my skin but yeah. I can't imagine having an insecurity about something that I can't change unless I go to dangerous lengths yeah and you should have to change you know no, exactly and then to a certain extent you think how much can we blame the people who are doing it if that's all they're hearing if they're constantly being told you won't get married you know here I think in the UK it's probably more to do with marriage but in, in countries like you know India Pakistan Bangladesh I've even read stuff about people not getting hired um due to like Oh, wow. And you know, I actually, I don't know if um, I could be wrong, but I'm sure I read something a while ago. Obviously, this isn't within South Asians, but I read something a while ago. There was some sort of study done that in America, depending if you're like black, depending on how light or dark skinned you are, it has an impact. Like if you've done something wrong and you're going to get sentenced for whatever crime you've committed, there's a difference in how harshly you're sentenced based on how light or dark skinned you are. Um, so if you have lighter skin, you're going to get a lighter sentence. And if you have darker skin, you get more. Like, I think it was a proper study. It wasn't like just one of these random things. Um, and yeah. so even even th then, it's just so crazy to me because it's like, why do our minds, okay, not our minds, but why do people's minds work like this? It just, it's so wrong. And it's it so crazy to think that it can have that kind of impact. Yeah, of course. It just shows that, you know, what I said at the start, that people's lives are still impacted on a day-to-day -day basis because of their skin color and that's across all communities so you know you have people whose lives are impacted in a much more serious way so like you just yeah. said you know women with lighter skin tone are are given a lighter prison sentence which literally makes zero sense in my head no, I'm, trying it's to, just, it's I'm trying to do the calculation and it's not happening and I'm like I don't <laughs> understand how this makes any sense but you know within our community I think the impact is much more emotional and much more the impact is much more on our mental health and then you do have cases of women that end up taking it too far and they end up seriously damaging their skin and they have yeah. burnt skin and they have you know they develop these problems that they can't then fix so then it's like my question comes down to 
my question is then to the relatives and parents and siblings and people around this person who's made them feel a certain type of way about them being dark skinned. So you, you know, you weren't happy with her being dark skinned. So are yeah. you happier now that she, her skin's burnt or are you happier now that exactly. she's got skin cancer? Exactly. Or, you know, it's like, how far are you going to push your girls? Like how far no, exactly. are you going to push them? One thing that's always kind of made me laugh a little bit because it's so weird is, people in Pakistan's obsession with white feet like it's always made me oh my god yes really yes and I'm just like not just feet hands too (laughs) I just remember this one time that I was at a Dawud in Pakistan with my parents and there was a group of girls there and I was saying to my mom I was like mom they're staring at my feet and my mom was like don't be so daft they're not staring at your feet I was like mom they're staring at my feet I can see them and then one of the girls actually said to me oh my god your feet are so white like what do you do to keep them white and I'm like wash them I don't know like I don't know (laughs) girls in Pakistan I've seen girls do this that in the summer they wear gloves on their hands and socks on their feet so their hands and feet don't hang. I've actually witnessed this with my own eyes. Oh god, can you imagine wearing socks when it's hot outside? Like that sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have um, a funny bleach story from Pakistan myself. Um, so when I went to Pakistan many years ago, like I was a teenager, it was for a cousin's wedding and we all went to the salon, like the parlour, to get some treatments <laughs> done. And I asked for like a mani and pedi. And this woman starts putting this white cream all over my hands and feet. So I was just like, oh, what's this? And she's like, it's bleach. It's Jolene. And um, I was really confused. Like, because you know Jolene's that, it's like that cream that's supposed to lighten hair. So this woman starts putting this cream all over my hands and she's like, it's Jolene. So I get really confused. Like, I don't have hair in my hands and feet. Why would you put this on? So she goes, oh, it'll lighten them. So you know, I do have dark hands and feet, but I have a dark face. Why would I want mismatched hands and feet? And I was so offended. Like I was quite young, but I was still quite assertive. I said to her, like, this is like not okay. Can you please take this off? But then I guess maybe it wasn't even her fault because that's just what she must be used to, like clients coming in, you know, and asking for this. But I was just like, can you take this off? And then she seemed a bit annoyed, but I was like, please take this off. Like, I don't want this on my hands. And I think one more thing that really grinds my gears and I want to address it is that when people try to compare skin lightening with tanning, um, this argument that if you're allowed to use fake tan and darken your skin, you should also be able to lighten it. So I do fake tan just because, you know, I, I like using fake tan. I like making my skin, you know, even more tanned than it is um and whenever i've spoken about it on instagram i always get comments saying oh but what's the difference between like how is it okay for you to do this if it's not okay for me to lighten my skin and it it really bothers me i think it's so so important to know and understand the difference in that like once again i hate describing people in terms of their skin color but a white person has the luxury of choosing to make their skin darker while still holding on to their white privilege you know you're still going to be white and be afforded all the privileges you have because of your skin whereas for Asians or black people and other ethnic minorities if they're lightening their skin it's not necessarily always a choice it's something they do to be given all the privileges that often exist with having lighter skin as we said before for example better marriage proposals better job opportunities or just being treated better in general to be considered beautiful there's no privilege associated with being darker skinned not in South Asian countries anyway and I think that's the difference that people have to understand yeah I think it's important to kind of make that same comparison but within the South Asian community so the same way people 
like, you know, white folk have their white privilege within the South Asian community to some degree, fairer South Asians have a privilege over 100%. darker. You know, 100%. that's the whole point of this, this discussion, right? Yeah. So it's like, you have to acknowledge that yeah. as a fairer South Asian, you're holding some sort of upper hand, which you shouldn't be, but you know, you do have a yeah. sort of upper no. hand. And obviously it's not their fault. Like, I don't think we're saying that for a second, that if you're a lighter skinned Pakistani or South Asian, it's your fault. But I just think you do have to maybe acknowledge that there is some sort of privilege there. Yeah, of course. And I think that, you know, another thing is with tanning. So, you know, I know you use like tanning products, uh, you know, tanning creams. In the past, I have used, I've had spray tans done. I get them usually done for my siblings' weddings just because I like the glow that I get from a spray tan. But I have also, I have used tanning beds. I've used them once or twice, not that often, because I watched Final Destination and the lady got locked in the the bed and she couldn't get out (laughs) of the house. And I just can't, that gives me the fear. But I have used tanning beds once or twice because I have always looked at more tanned skin as something that's just so beautiful. Like there's just this beautiful glow that tanned skin has, in my opinion. And the thing is, although bleaching your skin and tanning in the sense of using sunbeds, they're both harmful. Bleaching your skin with products that contain God knows what is a lot more harmful than the known harmful effects of sunbeds. So we know that. No, 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 no. But I actually, I actually think, see, if you use sunbeds for like a prolonged period of time, you can get skin cancer. No, that's what I was coming on to. So we know that tanning beds can eventually cause skin cancer and stuff, which is why it's something that I don't do a lot. I done it once or twice when I was a little bit younger. But what I'm trying to say is we know that it does that. Whereas these girls are putting products on their face and they don't know what that product's yeah. going to do. They don't know. Yeah, like a gonna... cream seems so unharmful, right? Like a cream doesn't seem dangerous. Yeah, but the thing is, that that cream can have ammonia, a percentage of ammonia as much as hair dye does and you're putting that on your skin. And that's what I'm saying. It's so if, if you're going to a tanning bed, you're going knowing exactly what the effects are going to be or what the effects can be whereas when you're putting this cream in your face or this face wash on or this scrub on you don't actually know what the outcome of that's going to be because you don't know what's in that product and that's a lot scarier and a lot more harmful and in a way um so it's definitely not makes no sense comparing the two and and the both arguments that we made because you know Mm -hmm. all to do with white privilege and stuff and, and and having darker skin doesn't come with any sort of privilege in today's society um but also yeah tanning whether that's in sunbeds or through products it's a different kind it's, it's a known harm whereas when you're putting these skin bleaching products on your face it's an unknown harm that you're causing yourself yeah it's a risk that you don't even know what that risk is you don't know how far yeah. it's going to go um and what i wanted to go on to talking about next and for me this is really important to acknowledge it's the role of celebrities actors actresses or just people that have influence their role in this stigma and first of all we can talk about these celebrities and their um, active roles in skin bleaching adverts it really really bothers me when I see a celebrity Mm -hmm. or somebody who's very well known in a skin bleaching advert because it's like why are you abusing your influence why are you abusing this power that you have and creating 
these insecurities you know as different somebody hears you know their sibling telling them that they're darker in a jokey way although that's still wrong that that's going to affect that person but what's going to further affect them is seeing a celebrity who they love an actress or you yeah. know whoever it may be seeing them in an advert saying oh this is what you can do to get my skin tone you know exactly and the thing is see if you're just hearing it within your household but you know you're just hearing it within that unit whereas if it's these adverts they're getting like you know shown to millions of people like all over the country all over the world and it's like it's you've got a much larger audience you know when you're putting something on the tv your audience is a lot larger than what you have hearing something in your own house so it's like what message are you sending out you know and they have these adverts in india and pakistan probably bangladesh Sri Lanka too but you know i've only seen them in india and pakistan and you're 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 telling all these people that this is it. Like you, you need to, you need to have lighter skin. You need to do something. If you have darker skin, you need to lighten your skin. So I don't want to necessarily pick on one person, but I feel like Priyanka Chopra would be a good example to use here. Like she's not only known in like, you know, South Asia, she's known all over the world. And I think she's a bit of a serial offender when it comes to this. Like she's done a lot of skin lightening adverts. And the worst thing is that when she was in, in India, she was quite happy to feature in these adverts and, there's one particularly terrible example of an advert that she was in. Um, so she's dumped by her boyfriend who happens to be played by Saif Ali Khan. So it was a big budget, you know, advert, two big movie stars. So she gets dumped by him and she's shown to be like dark skinned and dull with nothing much going for her. And then she starts using this cream. I think it was maybe a Pons, Pons cream. And then all of a sudden, because she's fair, like the boyfriend's interested in her again and she gets back with him. And I mean, if we put the color, the colorism issue for a side here, that's just so wrong on so many levels. Like what message does that send? It's like that meme, right? If you don't love me at my this, you don't deserve me at, at that. But you know, the craziest thing is that when she was pulled up on this particular advert a few years later, you know, she was asked by the interviewer, do you support this message of, you know, having to change your skin color and whatever else was in that advert? She completely denied it. She said the advert wasn't promoting skin whitening and, you know, how she's so proud of her skin color and would never promote anything like that. And it's, it's so insane to me because you can easily find this advert online and you can also find the interview where she just completely denies it. But I feel like the most problematic thing about Priyanka Chopra, and apologies if you think I'm venting a little bit here, but the thing with her is that then, you know, when she was in India, she was quite happy to promote these products for money and exposure. But then when she started her career in Hollywood, all of a sudden it was sob stories about how when she was studying in the US as a kid, she faced so much racism because her darker skin tone and how difficult it is for her. But, you know, I just think you were quite happy to feed into that narrative and fuel that idea that if you want to get anywhere in life, you need to have lighter skin. You were happy to do it in your own country, in a country like India, where so many girls already get treated so badly for having a darker complexion. But now because you're trying to further your career in Hollywood. And obviously that narrative would not roll in the West. Like you can't be a mainstream actor or actress promoting skin lightening. Um, so I just found it very interesting how she shifted like that just to suit her own agenda. And I, I just think it's a bit unfortunate because she is somebody who's really put on a bit of a pedestal in the West. And I think she's probably like, you know, one of the, the, the most recognizable faces from like the Southeast, right? Um, I mean, in the West. Yeah, so I, I, everybody's quite well aware of my opinion on Priyanka Chopra, especially <laughs> given her recent comments in regards to the potential war that was going to break out between yeah. and Pakistan. Um, I, I I don't think she's a role model. I don't think absolutely like, not. Yeah, absolutely not. But back to you know this particular advert, I, you can just imagine the amount of 
teenage girls watching this advert in India, Pakistan, whatever it aired. So not only are you creating an insecurity about, you know, within somebody about their skin, but you're now creating an insecurity within their social life that, oh, okay, if I want to have a boyfriend one day or if boys want to, you know, be interested in me, I have to be fair, fair skinned. And it's like, why are you, who's doing this? (laughs) Whose idea was this? And who's, why are we allowing this to happen? Because obviously skin bleaching, uh, adverts are not not a thing in the UK. Not that I've no, you know, not that I've seen anyway. But they're very much still a thing in Pakistan and you know oh, yeah. India as well. So it's like, why is anybody still still allowing this to happen? And you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned Priyanka Chopra, but she's not the only actress that you know endorsed. No, no, no. There's definitely even Shahrukh Khan's done it. And he's like the biggest actor in India. He's done it. Yeah. Colorism is heavily ingrained into the South Asian community. However, barriers and stigma are being broken over time through the rise of social media and the new generation. This bias was created through the actions of others and those who produced and are still producing images, videos and campaigns that further strengthen the idea that fair skin equals beauty. We can break this bias by doing the exact same thing. We can show that beauty is not limited to one shade of color and that all shades of color are beautiful. Amen. I want to thank you, Madhya, for coming on as a guest today. (laughs) I've had such a good time speaking with you. I think our discussion was just so much, like just so interesting and so much fun to have. Yeah, so I feel like we could probably ramble on for another few hours. Like this is us, we can just go on and on and on. But I really enjoyed being able to take part in this discussion. So thank you for having me. And I really hope that anybody listening to this episode can take away at least one thing from it. Thank you so much, Madia, And thank you guys for listening. This one was a little bit of a long one, but it was a very, very important topic. So I wanted to make sure that we were talking about every aspect involved. And please do let me know any thoughts that you guys have on our Instagram page, The Vanity Pod. And also you can email me on info at vanityfem.co.uk. Speak to you guys soon.